Welcome back to our last, well, not welcome back, but welcome to our last welcome. episode of the season. Our last episode of the gay season. So sad. Oh my god, that is sad. <laughs> like, I'm excited such... for our next season, but like, it's not all rainbowy. Yeah, it re- definitely isn't. It's not all rainbowy, but it's gonna be useful and amazing. It definitely will be. Practical. You're gonna, you're gonna love what we're coming with for the next season. You're gonna love it. We have one more episode of this season with Girly. Yes, she is amazing. And before we jump into it, you know the drill. Follow us on social media. Our Instagram <laughs> is at Songwriting Saves the World, and we're also yeah. at Songwriting Saves the World on TikTok and on Patreon. Mm-hmm. Where mm-hmm. for just four dollars a month, you get exclusive content and cute, pretty pink stickers. And we have some new stickers cute. coming as well. We do. And wherever you're listening to this, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, maybe, give it a like, give it a download. All of that helps. You can maybe follow us. You can follow us on Spotify. You can comment on iTunes and leave a one to five star rating. Five, obviously. And without further ado, just let's jump into without this episode. Ado, you're going to love Girly. You're going to laugh. You're going to learn. You're going to live, laugh, love. Live it, laugh it, love it. <laughs> Let's do this. Girlie is an English singer, songwriter, and rapper based in London. She's released a number of singles and three EPs. The Guardian has described her sound as veering between PC music, bubblegum pop, pop punk, and rap. They have it all. Much of her music is about feminism, sexuality, queer culture, and mental health. In April 2019, Girlie released her debut studio album, Odd One Out, on PMR Records, and in 2021, she announced the release of another EP, X Talk, with independent label All Point. Thank you for being on the show. We're really excited to have you. you. Oh, yeah. Thank you for having me. I'm stoked. I'm super stoked. We have a little icebreaker question Mm -hmm. for you. Love. And we wanted to know what your first concert was and what the best concert you've been to was. Uh, Oh, my gosh. First concert, best concert. I know that I went, like, my memory is really bad, which... (laughs) upsets me a lot um I know that the first I mean I went to a bunch of like probably little shows and stuff when I was a kid or something but like my first Mm -hmm. gig that I bought tickets to was actually Arctic Monkeys (laughs) um yeah which was super cool (laughs) and then the my the best show I ever went to was Tegan and Sarah because that was like the Mm -hmm. the first time I'd been to a show and was like holy shit like this is my religion. Right. Like, this is yeah, my religion. yeah, yeah. Like, queer women making music, uh, performing it on stage. I found my, yeah. my version of church. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> it's just everything. Yeah, literally. That sounds so fun. A Tegan and Sarah concert would be so fun. It was awesome. So, can you give us a background of your kind of story of how you got into music and how you got to where you are now? Yeah, like, I, I started making music when I was, I don't know, about 15. Like, I'd always, like, enjoyed singing, mm-hmm. but it, it, mostly I enjoyed performing. That was the big thing. Mm-hmm. I, I was always in, like, school plays, and I did this thing called Stagecoach, which was, you know, on the weekends in summer, you, like, went and did, like, yeah. singing and dancing and stuff. It was all very, like, PG. <laughs> and um, right. I mean, obviously, I was a kid, but, you know, like, it was all right. very, like... Um, like summer school vibes and then when Mm -hmm. I was in school I was very academic I was very into science and maths and all that kind of stuff but my main Mm -hmm. love was English and I think that is 
like literature. And so I think that's yeah. where my love of like, like writing came from because I loved creative mm, writing. Yeah. And so those two, that love of performing and then creative writing kind of merged. And I was like, well, mm-hmm. you know, um, let me combine the two. And, and I just started get, yeah, getting really, not? yeah. And I started getting really frustrated at how much pressure was put on me to, because I was mm-hmm. good mm-hmm. at exams and I was like quite academic. I had a lot mm-hmm. of pressure to like go to university and, become a lawyer or like an accountant yeah, right, or, right. you know and and I think my creativity was very stifled because I got good grades and other things like people didn't want to encourage mm-hmm. me to do creative stuff not not even really my parents I mean now they're super supportive but at the time they were like oh no she wants to be in a band like fuck <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, of course That's yeah action. and and then I, I hated school like I, I loved learning but mm-hmm. I hate I got bullied and I was just, mm. I just felt so out of place there. And especially when I started loving music and getting into bands, that just felt like such an escape and such a place yeah. to express myself. And so I was like, well, I'm going to go and I'm going to make music and I'm going to express myself Hell in this yeah. way. Yeah, so that's <laughs> how I started making music. And then Girly came about. I mean, I kind of had to have make this big decision about six months into make, starting a band when I was 15, mm-hmm. where I was like, do I stay at this school and do, mm-hmm. like, A-levels, which in the UK is, I don't know, maybe, like, SATs or something. Like, the exams you do okay. to get into, yeah. uni- into college, to get into university. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And no, I was like, do I, <laughs> yeah, do, I stay, do I stay here and do that, or do I go to a music college and, like, you know, That's a do lot that. That's Yeah, and I was like, I'm going to go to music college. <laughs> hell yeah um, <laughs> and everyone told me not to like my parents were like oh my god no please no like and my head of year at my school was like I don't know though you know like there's not many options for you with music um and I was there's like the best option yeah I Rock was star. like fuck this yeah. option number one yeah like I was <laughs> like I I don't you know it took it I really had to fight the ingrained ideas mm-hmm. that had been put in my mm-hmm. head that like the only way to succeed is to you know grades and university and all that yeah, stuff like I really it. had yeah. to to like relearn all of that stuff because for ages I thought oh my god if I don't get my exams then I won't get anywhere in life which is bullshit yeah, yeah. <laughs> um mm-hmm. more now than ever but yeah so I, I went to music college and then that's where I I left the well, the band left me, let's just say. Because <laughs> I was about to say, I left the band. That's definitely not how it went down. Oh. And, uh, they left me because I'm too much of a control freak. And then I was like, yeah, I'm just going to do this on my own. And I started making music. At this point, I was 17. I started making music, mm-hmm. playing shows on my own. And Girly came about when I was 18. And yeah. I dropped out of college, which was... <laughs> hilarious telling my parents that like okay so you know how I said I'm not going to do my exams and I'm going to go to music college well now I'm not even going to do that <laughs> uh, oh god and they were like okay we give up at this point like fine oh um, <laughs> like it's too far gone. yeah but like yeah so I I I left music college and I called myself girly and that's kind of where it started and I was doing yeah. so many shows I was playing loads of open mics and I uh, I got the attention of some some labels and yeah it was mm-hmm. kind of that's where it really began and then it blossomed from there yeah. Yeah. 
That's crazy. You were in and out of a band by 17. Yeah, I know. Had already been around the block. (laughs) Had all this experience. It was all happening. It was all happening. It was all happening. You were making it happen. Having to tell your parents, you think that sometimes it's like telling them bad news. It's like telling them you killed your dog. Like, literally. I'm going to drop out of college. I don't want to go to college for law. I'm going to be. A songwriter, they're like, you no, just, yeah, they act like it's the worst thing you could possibly be telling them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like my dad, I mean, he couldn't care less. He really couldn't care less about like what I want to do with my life. That's good. <laughs> but my my mom, um, I don't know why she like really just held on to the last minute, yeah. to the last possible minute. Everything was headed towards oh, we're doing music, we're doing music now. That's what we're doing. But she was just like maybe you're gonna be a lawyer yeah just maybe yeah what about entertainment law yeah what about they'll try and make it they'll try and make it like something sensible like you can still be in music as the label executive you can still listen to music yeah (laughs) yeah exactly yeah So you have a really sick style, and we love your aesthetic. Mm-hmm. How do your visuals inform your music and vice versa? And how has your style evolved throughout the years that you've been making music? Yeah, I love this question. Yeah, I think Yay. my style and my visuals are so important. Like, they go hand in hand with my music. But I think for a long time, I really struggled to make the two meet in the middle. Um, mm. Because I think when I first started Girly... I was very inspired by PC music and, uh, like, J-pop, you know. I was very inspired Mm -hmm. by, like, Japanese street style and and that kind of thing. So my style was very kind of cutesy. And I think my music Mm -hmm. was kind of like that, too. And then my music started to evolve into more of a sort of punky sound. Um, Yeah. Well, kind of both. It, It evolved in two ways. Like, some of my songs were becoming a lot more pop and then... On the other end, there was this punky element coming into it. And, you know, I started expressing myself more, you know, in terms of my queer identity. And mm-hmm. my songs started to become a lot more feminist and political. And I think naturally with that, yeah. um, naturally with that, I just, my style developed a bit more of an edge to it. I think I went yeah. tried to push away from the cute cutesiness of it and... Um, Mm. And then for a while, I really lost myself. Like when I was with a couple years into my first record deal, I really, I really started to feel like I was being pushed in this very polished pop direction. You know, I I was wearing, my hair wasn't really like hot pink. It was like (laughs) kind of, I don't know, like almost yeah, like ready and and then mm, the wrong all of view. the style. Yeah, a lot of the, the <laughs> there was they tried to suck the the punk out of it. They tried to suck the DIY yeah. expression out of it. Like the DIYness kind of went, and that was like that's really what I think. I think that's what's authentically me. So I lost that mm. for a bit, and and then you know it's hard because you're doing loads of photo shoots and there's like stylists telling you what to wear and I didn't really have my own voice because I was so my mental health was so bad at that point I kind of lost a lot of my own 
-hmm. you know, like authority over myself. But then when I got dropped and I had this freedom again in the last year and a half, mm -hmm. two years, I think my style has really developed into something that I love now. And it's very, I don't know, I'm influenced by so many things. Like, yeah. it's very influenced by like, obviously the Gen Z, like <laughs> online, you know, like, I guess, I guess kind of like, I'm influenced by e-girl fashion on one hand and yeah. that kind of stuff and like subculture, oh, yeah. that kind of subculture. But then I'm also really inspired by DIY kind of punky 70s vibes. And then yeah. I'm obsessed with 90s fashion as well. So it all kind of comes into it. And and like, I, I think a big thing for me, even though it sounds so, some people will probably hear this and be like, what the hell, but I don't care. When <laughs> I cut my hair into a mullet, it honestly uh -huh. gave me so much confidence because I think, cool. like, I know that the mullet is so on trend right now, but there's a reason yeah. because it looks so damn right. fucking cool. And, it does look and cool. And I think, honestly, I, like, when I'm walking around and I see someone else with a mullet, I'm like, oh, oh. <laughs> mullet okay. unity. We, <laughs> you're, you're, you're probably 99% you're going to be queer, so yeah. hey, hey. <laughs> and then also you're going to be, like, a bit alternative. Not saying that everyone who has a mullet is, like, a yeah, great person, right. but, like, I don't no, know. No, yeah, that is what we're saying. Yeah, that's what, what we we're saying. Start. Yeah. We're, saying, yeah. we're saying, like, <laughs> mullet superiority, mullet matriarchy exactly. or whatever. <laughs> yeah. You're here into a mullet and you're like, I hold all of the power. Yeah, it's yeah. all in my hands yeah. now. But I think also, because <laughs> it gave me this opportunity to, like, experiment, like, do my hair myself because like before mm. I mm. I don't know now I've like <laughs> it sounds so silly but it really has made such a big difference in my confidence and my own expression of my yeah. style because I can style it how I want like my girlfriend is a barber um mm -hmm. and so oh, cool. she that's very that's so very good yeah and so she she you know is a hair expert and she's been helping me a lot with like you can style it this way and here's all these products you can use yeah, and like yeah. so in terms of my style I don't know I, I I think that's really boosted my confidence to try new things as well because I was so scared to cut my hair yeah. because my hair is such a part of my like brand you know pink hair right right, um, right. and then you know when I cut it I was like shitting myself and then it happened I was like hell yeah <laughs> I love this so turned out great yeah so now I, I think that made me less afraid to try new things and that kind of thing but yeah. but in terms of linking my style to my music I think I agonized for so long over oh is this the right aesthetic for my music are people going to be mm. confused if they hear this song and then I dress like this and and mm. then I was like it really doesn't matter like I yeah my music speaks for itself and I make that music and whoever I yeah however I want to express myself you know, it there fits. it is. Yeah, like I think. Yeah, exactly. Some people would probably listen to a Post Malone song and not expect him to be this like cuddly, you know, <laughs> teddy bear teddy energy bear of a man. Yeah. But then also with like all of these face tattoos, like. But you know, right. there's unmistakably Post Malone. So you know, it's like. Yeah. I think for me, yeah, I realized true. I can just express myself how I want, and people yeah. will vibe with it. I mean, it. if you like fit into a mold that, like, someone would expect you to look like based on your music, then that's not, like, interesting. You're creating your own character. You're creating your yeah. own yeah, entire exactly. set and everything. Yeah. Mm. It is crazy how much um, clothes and hair has an impact. Yeah. It really does. Oh, my God, massively. And I love, 
Yeah, it really does. I love when we can ask like maybe like you and maybe one other guest we've asked a similar question to, but it's only when people really have like a very distinct style. And I love it so much because I'm like, oh, they really know who they are. <laughs> they really know what's up. I know I'm going to like them. Yeah. Oh, thank you. So this season of the podcast is focused on queer artists. So you were speaking about this a little bit in the last question, which leads perfectly into this, but how does your queer identity affect your art, if at all, and the perspectives you take or the messages you choose to send or want to send? I think I've, uh, again, like, it was something that I think was quite stifled um, when I was with my Mm -hmm. last team, my, like, last label, and, and I think now I've just, in the last kind of year or so, I've just felt really like I'm sort of exploring it for the first time properly. Like, I don't think Mm -hmm. I really felt part of like the queer community before ever. Um, And there's a lot to delve into with that too, because I think being bisexual and being, Mm -hmm. being with a, like my ex was a man. And I think I also Mm -hmm. felt quite cut out of the queer community. Like I kind of felt like there was a lot of like, guilt and shame and feeling like oh but I'm taking up space that I shouldn't here because I'm with a man mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. which is like a whole I've spoken to a lot of friends about it I know that a lot of people who are bi and then you know part of that is some sometimes you're in a relationship with with a man yeah, <laughs> like it's part exactly. of it but I think you know um, it did be happening yeah I think a lot of that a lot of that the times when that happens you end up feeling kind of oh I'm I'm not queer right now, or you know, but you always are. Yeah. And so that's definitely weird because, you know, I have felt more comfortable expressing my queer identity in the last year because I've, mm-hmm. I'm with a woman at the moment. And so that's weird. I, I kind of, I, I wish that that wasn't the case, you know. Yeah. I wish that I'd still been able, it's been felt free to express it before. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. But I think it's something that needs to be talked about more, definitely. Um, definitely. But yeah, Absolutely. I mean, I, I think for me, like, my fans really fuel a lot of my expression. And so, you know, I came out with a song this year called More Than A Friend, which was sort of the mm-hmm. first song in a while, um, probably since, like, Girl I Met On The Internet, that I'd actually ex- yeah. explicitly been, like, I'm crushing on a girl, you know. Gay song, yeah. Um, super gay <laughs> song, yeah, with a super gay video, and and everyone, <laughs> yeah, everyone loved it. And it's actually my, like, m- yeah, yeah. And now it's, it's actually now my fastest growing song ever, um, which awesome. is wild. Yeah, it's wild. Like it hit a million streams yesterday, and I was like, congratulations. I was like, whoa, the gays really know what they're doing. <laughs> like, oh, there's <laughs> nothing like queer fandom. I really feel like there's no one as passionate. There's no mm-hmm. one quite as in it no. as the queer fans. Honestly, LGBTQ plus fans are... They go hard. They go hard. <laughs> and I like appreciate that so much because like they really do just, I don't know, like queerness makes up so much, so much of pop culture, like, and drives, yeah. like, oh, so yes. much. So, yeah, I feel in a really good place at the moment with that because I feel like I am so lucky to have a fandom who, mm-hmm. or a fan base who allows me to express myself however I want and, you know, doesn't put, like, yeah. l- limitations on on me expressing my queerness. So that feels really good. Hell, yeah. 
to any listeners out there who feel like they're not queer enough or anything <laughs> like that, don't listen to that voice, guys. <laughs> Put it off. What's that part? Have you seen the movie? Have you guys seen the movie Luca? Yeah. The part, it's like trending on TikTok right now where it's like, can you still hear it? And then he's like, no, just you. And they're like, he's like trying to hype himself up. No, I have not. You have to watch it. It's really cute. It's the little Italian Italian film, right? Yeah, it's a little Italian mermaid voice. It's fire. You really have to watch it. it. I I watched it with my goddaughter who's five and she was like, why are you crying? Yeah, yeah. I watched it with my sister who's little as well. I saw on TikTok yesterday that Disney Plus had like a had a, a character a non-binary character I think or a character oh, who Oh yeah, I saw that as well. Put a dress on. Yeah. yeah, it was like, you know, male presenting but wore a dress and they had this whole scene about how like we love yeah, you. We love I you just the way you are. You can yes. dress however and I was bawling my eyes out. No, yeah. Watching Cheers. this TikTok. <laughs> I was crying so much like oh my god, I'm emotional oh. about it now. I was like <laughs> this is so needed I know it really is I'm I'm glad that they're doing that because it's been way too long Mm -hmm. like it's taken way too long to get to this place I I know know. and this is like the first time that that's ever been seen on like a Mm -hmm. kids program like that but I think also I think about it like all of the media that I consumed as a kid growing up in well I was born 97 so Mm-hmm. I guess, yeah, like early 2000s, all of the media was mm-hmm. all heterosexual or heteronormative, you know? Oh, yeah. And like, <laughs> which has meant that I only now in my 20s feel like, oh, I'm really, you know, experimenting and expressing my queerness. Yeah. And like, yeah. imagine like if this generation of kids have like stuff like that on TV from when they're really young, like, they'll feel so much more comfortable with just figuring out who they mm-hmm. are and not shutting themselves off, like, younger, yeah. you know? And, and obviously, there's always going to be the haters who are, like... Because in response to that <laughs> Disney Plus thing, there were so many people being like, stop sexualizing our children. It's like, yeah, queer does not That's mean not sex. Se- like, it's Mm-mm. not... Like, if you reduce queerness to just... What happens in the bedroom? Yeah, yeah. That's He's completely like everything. Yeah, erasing the whole rest of it. Like, anyway. Yeah, I could talk about this for hours. <laughs> oh no, same. Oh, okay. <laughs> it needs to be talked about. It really does, <laughs> and it's just—it's so crazy that people will say that that kind of exposure, having queer characters on shows for kids, is going to make them all gay. Because obviously, we all grew up watching like straight people all the time and it didn't fucking work yeah if that (laughs) if that works we'd be i'd be a straight girl in a straight world okay i'd be like barbie if that worked Barbie. i'd be barbie yeah (laughs) it's so true though it's it's like it's like i think people completely like devalue how intelligent children are and how much they will like learn for themselves who they are you know like my little sister is eight and um she and all her friends are fluent in like using like they them pronouns for their <gasps> classmates that's so cool. they're all they don't even bat an eye i do live in a very very liberal bubble very of a true. place that's so amazing that's be, like, are you kidding me that's amazing kind oh of God. yeah forward like thinking area but it is really crazy because all these adults around being like 
I don't understand. That's so confusing. I can't say yeah. that. Don't mess with my grammar. Right. And these kids are just like, I don't know. I'm in kindergarten. Like <laughs> this is all I've ever known. This yeah. Is like, like, why are you? What's like, your? Why are you tripping about this? It's <laughs> like, very why? simple. It's so true. Also, like they them pronouns. Like you, you. Li we literally use those use pronouns if we don't know someone's gender anyway. Like so. Yep. Like. Pe these people, same people who are complaining about, oh, don't change my grammar. It, we're not changing anything, babes. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> like, nothing is changing. Like, <laughs> stop. Like, you're just a terrible it's person. You're just yeah. keeping you're up. The yeah, like, yeah. you're just transphobic. <laughs> like, yeah. And when it boils down, you're the problem. Yes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. So you started performing solo at open mics, and you had an indie rock band, as we talked about. And then you have a solo career as well as girly. So how did your musical style evolve through all of those different eras of your life? And what did you learn from each one of those phases? Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh, yeah. My music has evolved. It's gone through so many phases, <laughs> as I have. I think like it started, <laughs> like my first band was like indie pop. It was mm -hmm. very, it, I don't know, like it was very inspired by sort of I don't know. I mean, obviously, I was, like, just trying to figure it out, so it didn't have a clear sound. It was just, like, very yeah. random. Yeah. But it kind of sounded... Yeah, it kind of sounded like two-door cinema club sort of vibes. That was my first <laughs> band. It was very sort of indie, like, poppy, jumpy, happy vibes. Mm -hmm, um, right. And then I... Yeah, and then it just got really, like, whiny. <laughs> it's the only way I can describe it. <laughs> I listened back to my, like, voice in those first ever girly demos, and uh -huh. I don't understand why my voice was quite so nasal, but <laughs> that's where <laughs> it decided to be. But it was very... I think I was trying to, like, make my voice sound super cute and, like, girlish, because right. obviously I was, uh -huh. like, yeah. girly, you know. Um, right. I the branding. Yeah, but... Just do a line. But now <laughs> I'm, like, yeah, but the whole point of the name girly is to, like, challenge what girly means. But at the yeah, time, yes. I was, like, yeah. Ee -ee. <laughs> um, singing like very high as well my range has got lower like I don't know mm. if this is normal but my voice has definitely dropped like I think I mean I guess it is normal <laughs> it is normal but probably my is. voice is like yeah that'll do it significantly <laughs> dropped so I used to be able to hit way higher notes than I can now which is mm. quite frustrating because uh -huh. if I try sing if I try sing like so you think you can fuck with me do you which was the first song I ever released as girly uh -huh. I'm literally like <laughs> Like, it's so <laughs> high. I'm like, holy shit, how did I do this? You're like, who um, sang this? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, I just, I can't even. Um, but, <laughs> so yeah, I mean, it started quite indie pop. And then when I started Girly, I think it was, it was very influenced by, um, yeah, like PC music, which was all pitched up mm -hmm. anyway, but I think I didn't get the memo. Right. So I just tried to sing pitched up. Just tried to sing really high. Um, and then, That's so funny. yeah, and then it started to be influenced by a, bun a bunch of stuff. Like I got really influenced by like the slits and um, mm. sort of punky bands. That's what the inspiration for Hot Mess was. Mm -hmm. But I was also very inspired by like MIA and Missy yeah. Elliott and. Lily yeah. Allen and uh, kind of this sort of rappy fusion. And like, I, I would not describe myself as a rapper at all. But I think when I started Girly, <laughs> I kind of did. Because I, I was quite, a lot of it was quite rappy in a weird way. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Which now I, I would not want to take that title, <laughs> I guess. I don't think I really qualify. But, but yeah, I think 
so for a while and, and then obviously odd one out which was my debut album mm-hmm. um went a lot more pop and i'm really really proud of that album but i do think that if i had had more authority over my project and been a bit more confident to put my foot down and say no this is what i want mm-hmm. i think mm-hmm. it would have sounded very different i think it would have sounded um because it's so bizarre to think now because now I release music with this awesome indie label who are just letting me do yeah. whatever the fuck I want. And oh, I am yeah. I'm in full creative control. Like I decide, you know, what happens and they just kind of guide me and help me out with it. But mm-hmm. my label before, like the amount that they changed and censored my songs before they came out is wild. Like, yeah. like my song Young, um, the original demo was like, pitched higher um and they were like it's too shrill like it's too we need to take it down and then the lyric Mm. so now the lyric is i want to lie but i believe in karma uh i want to cry but i don't think i'm gonna and the Mm, the original the original lyric was i want to lie but i believe in karma i want to smoke some fucking marijuana (laughs) and they were like yeah we can't have that this is like for radio and now Mm. i'm like I put on the radio and it's like, fuck my bitch up with the fucking... Yeah, literally. Or not even, or just like, everyone swears, everyone, because everyone everyone says stuff that's not radio friendly because this generation, we don't really listen to radio. We listen to like TikTok and like online and like, this is, we don't want, we don't want our music like censored, you know, like, like Gen Z is so on it so intelligent like they know when something's not Mm -hmm. authentic and I think that's also why that album I think people could kind of tell like this has been filtered out in some way like this isn't really authentically her yeah I think they really did because now you know with the fans that have stayed on and and I'm Mm -hmm. so lucky like you know I have fans who have been there since the beginning you know for like five Mm -hmm. years and they'll be like yeah like I loved odd one out but I definitely think that the stuff you're releasing now is more you, you yeah know? they kind yeah. of like are aware of it um, they can sniff it out mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> and I think I think that's the biggest mistake that labels um make is that they really they really don't give fans enough credit they really don't like mm-hmm. they really don't consider how the fans are really really aware smart. and really intelligent and really smart yeah like yeah. they're really on it and, and you really need to listen to fans and they're the, also the people yeah. who are you know, for me, everything that I do is about, like, connecting and giving back t- to my fans because they literally make it possible for music to be my job. Like, I'm so lucky, you know. Um, yeah. And No, that's so, yeah. it's really interesting because we have um, a friend, Deza, who will often say, who we write with frequently, and she'll be like, if we're writing a pop song, she's like, oh, like, I think that pop fans are smarter than this. Like, I really just (laughs) Mm -hmm. think that we can say something more interesting. Yeah. And I just think she puts it really well because people really do underestimate. I mean, yeah, I love, I really do love Firework by Katy Perry, and I will never deny (laughs) I love pop music. I really do. But, like, you don't have to, you can have pop music or any type of genre and not limit it. Yeah. And there's going to be people that understand and people that like that. Yeah. Yeah, completely. Yeah, like, I, I think... I think that's the internet has just completely transformed it because there's yeah there's it used to just be like if you want people to hear your music you have to please like the big dogs at the top who control all mm-hmm. of the radio or you know this and that and and now it's like you can put a song online right now 
and anyone can hear it. Yeah. And so it's amazing because it means there's less, you know, less like taste makers. You know, the taste makers are the fans. Very true. You know, people are deciding yeah. what they want to hear, which is amazing. Um, it's like it gives artists so much more freedom. And that's why for me, I feel like now more than ever able to just experiment and just make whatever I want to make. Like I'd say now my, the music that I'm making is such a fusion of so many influences. Like I'm super influenced by like, you know, the stuff I've always been influenced by. Like I've mm-hmm. always been a big Lily Allen fan and Tegan and Sarah yeah. always inspired me and MIA has always inspired me. And But then also... I don't know, um, I'm just, I'll just hear a new song like every day and, and just be like, oh, I really yeah. like that bit of that and that bit of that. And so yeah. it's like, you don't really necessarily have to be like, so I am inspired by indie pop. Yeah, yeah. And this, this song is going to be, this, you know, it just can be a, a mishmash of so, so many things. So yeah, yeah. that's I really freeing. That. So much like, yeah, absolutely. And there's so much like genre blending that goes on now mm-hmm. because you don't have to stick to like one thing or be yeah. one box. Mm-hmm. Like you can do whatever you want. Agreed. Exactly. That's the way it should be. Mm-hmm. Let's go, guys. Let's go, Gen Z. <laughs> so, our last question for you is a song breakdown. So, we basically ask for a story of um, a song from the kind of conception of it, the writing, the production, the idea to the process of putting it out and how you feel about it now. So mm-hmm. would you do that for Dysmorphia? Dysmorphia, yeah. Mm-hmm. So Dysmorphia was written in Sweden, quite random. Um, I, I, yeah, it was, uh, when was it? It was last November, actually. Um, mm. It was, no, yeah, November 2020, I wrote Dysmorphia. And I... Went to Sweden for a week because I have a bunch of collaborators out there and I really like going somewhere, like, away from home. Like, London, Mm -hmm. where I'm based, like, it's where I live and it's where I get inspired by and then to make music there as well, it's quite intense. So I kind of really like Mm -hmm. going somewhere else if I have the opportunity to, like, Mm -hmm. take all the inspiration away and then... Reflect on it there, you know. Yeah, yeah. Be like somewhere really different. Shines through. Yeah, <laughs> and so I was in Sweden for a week, and I was writing songs just every day. So much fun. And then on the last, um, not the last day, sorry, on one of the last days, I was just feeling really shitty, and I've like I've struggled mm-hmm. with body image for a long time since I was a teenager. But mm-hmm. I think I was like on my period, and I was just like, That'll just do like it, yeah. yeah, right. <laughs> and I was just like really not not feeling myself that day, and. Uh-huh. I I had a this studio session and um it was actually the first time I was meeting these people the the writers and and the producer and I went in and I was just like oh like I usually am so open about talking about my period and blah blah, blah and being mm-hmm. like eh. but for some reason I just felt really I just felt so bad that day I was like I'm just going to make a song about this <laughs> and yeah. like and just they can all find out how I'm feeling through that <laughs> and um and it was actually, yeah, it was so fun. Like, we were all listening to just, like, a bunch of influences. I can't... I need to find, like, the exact... Maybe I can find the, <laughs> the notes. Maybe I can find the notes from that day because I know that one of my inspirations was True Disaster by Tovalo um, mm-hmm. because I love how that song just has this big 80s, like, 
vibe to it. And, yeah. And so it's such a movie song to me, that song. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, so I went in and I was like, okay, I want to write a song about body dysmorphia. And I'd actually never really written... I'd kind of maybe mentioned in a few of my songs about my eating disorder and, and my kind of, like, mm-hmm. experiences with that, but I'd never written a song about how it feels. Um, probably because yeah. I'd, ne- I'd never really been, like, in a place to r- do it, which, weirdly, the de- this day where I was feeling so, like, shit was just... <laughs> my brain decided, today's the day. This is the time. <laughs> <laughs> um, today's the day. And, and so, yeah, I, I, and it was... I think it was also interesting being in a writing the song with people who hadn't experienced that. I was also trying to explain to them how it felt and that really translated in the lyrics because for me in a way the song is obviously for people who have gone through that and so relate to it but it's also me saying, you know, the chorus is don't tell me to love myself more. I wish that it was that simple. And it's kind of also saying to people who undermine it and like dampen it like kind of dumb down what it is the severity of it yeah and and it's kind of me saying look this is uh, you know something that affects my mental health a lot of the time there's so there's so many misconceptions around um like bdd and eating disorders and i think it's really offensive when people say oh it's it's to do with vanity or it's to do with this yeah. or like, oh, be quiet. You know, you look great. Bleh. It's like, look, it's, it's mm-hmm. actually, it's actually so much more than that. And it's, yeah. it's all of these pressures from all around us, yeah. but it's, but it's also a concept of control and, and not feeling like you can control yeah. things around you. And for me, that's mm-hmm. definitely where, where, I think my dysmorphia came from was that I had really bad OCD when I was a teenager mm-hmm. and that translated into needing to control something and, and feeling like when you can't control things in the world, you want to control, you know, yourself. things in front of you yeah. yourself, you know, what, uh, what you're eating or it's, it's, you know, it's r- really intense. And I think for a, yeah. a lot of people, it, it really, really affects their day-to-day life. And for me now, I'm really lucky that I'm mostly pretty recovered from it and I definitely have bad times as always I think anyone who experiences it will agree it never really goes away it can come back Mm. you know and you can have bad days or whatever but yeah just in that moment I was like I want to make a song about this uh, about exactly how this feels and also about how it's not something that should be like oversimplified because it is really complicated and Mm -hmm. it is something that a lot of people suffer with and people deserve to get the right kind of help with it like I got mm-hmm. I was I was lucky because I had access to therapy for it and that really really helped me but a lot of people yeah. don't don't have access to that a lot of people have parents or friends who will be like yeah whatever like shut up you yeah know? you don't need that yeah you know and and so that's like a big a big misconception there needs to be more education on it mm-hmm. I think for sure um but yeah Absolutely. so that song wrote it that day and pretty much the same as all songs I make I walked away from the studio being like, wow, that's a shit song. <laughs> and um, and then yep. and was like, wow, okay, that's never going to be see the light of day. And yeah. then a few weeks ago, I got the demo back and was like, oh, actually, I really love this. I really love this. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, and I'm, 
I'm, I'm so happy with it. I, I really love that song and I'm really proud of it. And I think lyrically, it's one of my favorites on this project yeah. that's coming out at the moment. It's great. Because um, for me, it just sort of, I think I kind of dug into, really dug into how I was feeling and summed it mm. up perfectly. You know, when you make a song where you're like, oh, yeah. yes, I think I just yeah. Yeah. said exactly what I wanted to say. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> wow. I love that. It is crazy how you can walk away from writing a song and be like, this is actually horrible. This is the worst <laughs> yeah. thing that's ever been written. Oh. <laughs> yeah, later. every time. Also, I forgot to mention, so random, that the studio that I wrote this song in was also in this medieval area in Sweden where, like... No oh, sick. It's in Stockholm, and, and it's this island called Gamla Stan that's, like, mm-hmm. you have to, like, cross this bridge to get there, and, like, the history is that they had all of these, like, this, like, massive massacre on the eye oh, like it's whoa. so dark and there's but it's yeah all cobbled streets and all of there's like no studios there and that day I was like why am I going mm-hmm. to this random area and the studio was like yeah literally this old like medieval like wine cellar or something <laughs> and so that was also such a inter- interesting environment to write that song in <laughs> I was like where am I that's actually so cool yeah, though Sounds kind of creepy. No, yeah, yeah really it was. It's it w- definitely haunted. It's for sure. Yeah, haunted. yeah, one hundred percent haunted. So <laughs> maybe the are, like bumping to the song. Yeah, the ghosts. Yeah, the like, ghosts I are like loving this. it. Yeah, this is really good. <laughs> ghosts were vibing. I think maybe if you listen closely, you can hear some backing vocals. Just like, oh. you can hear them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're like, the it's our time to shine. I yeah. know. What a great pl- What a great place to haunt. Like, yeah, that's so much fun. There we go. Not just a castle. Taking notes. Who knows? I'm Wait a hundred years, you might get a studio in yeah. there. <laughs> wow. So random. That's so exciting. Well, that's all our questions for you. Thank, Thank you, you so, so much. Being oh. on the show. Thanks for having me. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you so much for listening to that. And that wraps up the season three of Songwriting Aww, Saves World. I know. So sad. The gay season, yay season is over. This is definitely my favorite season. It's so been a far. great season. It's been a great season, a great gay season. We hope, we you, hope guys that you guys loved, loved it. it. And loved everyone we spoke to as much as we love talking to them. Yes. And learned and felt. And cried. <laughs> cried. We definitely cried. We did cry. We cried we at did Mickey's cry interview. In Mickey's did we cry at any others? I don't know. I think we, um, like, had happy cries in Emily's interview when she talked about meeting her girlfriend. Oh, my God. Yeah, that was so cute. Yeah. We were like, oh, we've oh. done so many good ones. Yeah. Mickey, Emily, Chelsea. Like, we've done some insane, really wonderful interviews this season. We have. And we had a great time recording all of them and chatting with everyone and getting to hear their stories outside of music and inside of music, like, both of their stories their life stories and their musical journeys both of them were super yeah. touching wow aww it me happy all good thinking things back come to, to an end <laughs> <laughs> yeah but you know what these are gonna be on spotify forever so yes you can so always you know, go back and listen if you're ever feeling nostalgic just go back and listen to this episode listen to this season all over again yeah Definitely i think honestly that. like make it a thing like normalize going back and binging your favorite podcasts yes yes definitely do that people have told me that they've done that with this podcast before i love that i've been like shoving this podcast down everyone's throat at school i'm like we're in music school you would love this i know like you you call yourself a songwriter from limpy (laughs) yeah i'm like you call yourself a songwriter do you 
Do you listen to Songwriting Saves the World? <laughs> okay. That's what I thought. That's so funny. Anyway, guys, we hope that you love it. And we Loved love it. you. And we love you. And we're going to see you in a couple months for our next season. Yes, we'll be back before you know it. Before you know it, hold tight, re-listen. <laughs> Have a good holiday season. Yes, happy holidays. Happy holidays. Mwah. Mwah. Love you. SSW, tune in out. Bye. I'm a rock star's girlfriend. I'm a rock star's girlfriend.